0: Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. This is the Know Thyself Podcast. First and foremost, obviously, uh, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Well, hello. <laughs> and I'm Eduardo. And hey, like I was saying, thanks for making time for today, man. I know that we we are been pretty excited to do this episode, but... um. You know, there's so much that we can cover in this topic, and so I'm excited to share this space with you and the listeners on today's conversation. Uh, and more specifically, something that you brought up in regards to interdimensional um, beings, or even just like the idea of interdimensional um, spaces, and what all that really means, and how it ties into even the the occult. You know, so. Sure. I will let you take it away and then I'll follow your lead on it. Because again, it's a, it's a nice rabbit hole to go down to, especially during this October season and, you know, all things considered. So.
1: Tis the season, tis the season. No, absolutely, man. And, you know, it was something that it was kind of interesting how this came up on the agenda. Um, obviously we're continuing to go through the tarot and we're going to be doing part two of the chariot, Um But there was this kind of this inkling and this interest from the both of us independently, which I Mm -hmm. thought was really fascinating, how we kind of both came together of like, hey, I've been exploring a product of the occult that is a huge component of that study. And when I think a lot of people think about the occult, they always think about unseen forces and kind of what we're talking about here and they think about things like ghost sightings and like you know mystical animals and things like this it's a huge part of it and we've always kind of looked at the character development archetypal understanding but this is a really interesting thing to really kind of it's not so much we're going to be defining and pinning things down in this conversation but it's more of just like an expansion of the consciousness it's almost like a It's like working out your mind, thinking about things such as like spirit, um, you know, connections, um, the unforce, like the unseen forces that are in this reality and everything that's kind of operating beyond the veil. And I think it gives us a good awareness of just all of the energies that are out there, whether they're elemental, um, you know, even to the component of like hauntings or like cryptozoology, which is like, you know, the conversation that you and I even had about like these interesting sightings of like Sasquatch that's happened all over the world or the right. Loch Ness Monster or, you know, even giants. And this is something that, you know, from reading mythology and studying sacred texts like the Bible, there was a time when like humans and these extra dim- interdimensional beings walked together in this realm. And you could even like uh, equate the idea of like angels and demons with this. Um, But this idea that there is, a presence beyond what we perceive in the physical. And there's so much beyond this reality. Um, And again, we're not really coming here to like make a definition of anything, but more just to open up the conversation. And it's really like a stretching of your consciousness because I think it really does push your understanding of what you accept in your regards of like what true reality is. Um, And it's a fascinating approach to kind of look at. And of course, with the season in the the celebration of the the honoring the dead in our life, in this unique veil that gets thin around that you know Halloween season, ha- all Hallows Eve, it's a perfect time for a spooky conversation with you, my friend. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, I agree, man, and I do think that
0: we haven't touched much on the idea of. You know, understanding these sacred texts, or understanding the power of you know certain energies that are not seen but are felt, and then studying them for the greater good, as we always sort of apply them to that um, pathway. There is always the duality of understanding the all opposite of that, you know, and and the occult will study about those energies and how they can be used for good and how they can be used for bad. But what they really do, as they're you know, if, if they're separated and not so much intertwined. Um, when it comes to these sort of topics, I think that, you know, if you're going to pray and if you're going to have that sort of understanding of what you are protecting yourself over, then what are you protecting yourself from? You know, I know there's like in uh-huh. death, but there's people who have this sort of feeling, especially in the night of, hey, this is when I surround myself with, you know, a given source of light, or this is when I, you know, give prayer or send love to people who might need it more than I do. But you probably also know that you feel some sense of not necessarily fear, but something also may be looming out there that you're sort of admitting yourself to. And I think the more you understand the the occult or you're still like, you know, mythical um, teachings, you kind of know, you know, that it's there as well. And, um, you know, you make peace with it. I think that's what I, at least I do. I can't say speak for everyone, but it's a fascinating thing. You know what I mean? Because you can't just accept one and deny the other. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's what makes it so spooky. And I think people are pulled to that, too. You know, I think that in this season, for sure, you know, when it comes to campfire tales and the, you know, cautionary, um, you know, folklore of of a place or like a, a space that has this sort of energy mixed into it, it draws us in. And I think that's something in itself that's just um, almost magical that we shouldn't really, you know, uh, disregard because it's like you know we all kind of partake in it and we all are willing to partake in it. It's not really so much of a convincing aspect of this sort of understanding of of you know either darkness, spookiness, the other the other side of the of the coin or what's on the other side of the veil. We kind of just sort of subject ourselves to it um of course with everything that happens during this period of time.
1: Yeah, oh absolutely. Um You know, it's even just the ability to look into this component of how much mystery there still is in this reality. You know, I kind of felt like with our education and our upbringing, they gave us this like sterile understanding that everything's been discovered. There's no mystery. Everything fits in this logical, linear, you know, scientism box. Mm -hmm. And anything that doesn't fit in the box just gets… Overlooked, if it doesn't fit into the structure of what their idea that they're presenting that this reality is, there's just these things that are on the outside, like ghost sightings, paranormal phenomena, you know, alien sightings, whether they're intergalactic beings or interdimensional beings. Either way, there's always these unique accounts and experiences. And it's something that we've all felt, like we've all felt the heaviness of an energy of a space where we're just like, I felt uneasy in that. And I think depending a lot on your astrological placement, um, you know, your sensitivity to that realm, some people can actually see like actual forms kind of appear and things like that. And they can actually see like, you know, like ghost and stuff like that. But it really is just like, there's so much in our reality that is that it doesn't get incorporated into the status quo of what they say their definition is. And we're supposed to just like keep everything on the outside and not ask questions. And one of the big things that we've always looked at in this podcast and just I think both of us together, you know, we're fine with questions that can't have answers. But we're not really cool with answers that can't be questioned. You know, that's the big thing of like, oh, this is they like give us this definition of like, no, this is what it is. This is what like, This is what this person's experiencing, but there's so much more. And, you know, one of the things that I found was kind of fascinating because, you know, like even the idea of like looking into this kind of information wasn't really on my radar. And it's kind of been funny, my curiosity over these last couple months, especially with like both of this internal space that you and I have been occupying with like this unique alchemical process. I think we're both going through. It's been interesting that like my curiosity has connected me to this subject and it's, it's just like overwhelming when you go and you find people's experiences about this, because a lot of times it's not even people who like, it's almost like every time I'm like reading about somebody, their opening statement is, this like, I don't believe in the supernatural but this happened to me. And then they go on to this like supernatural story of like a connection with a skinwalker or a ghost sighting or this just like, you know, alien encounter that they had that is so non-conforming to this reality that we presented. So it just opens up this mystery. And once you start opening up one mystery, you realize that we still do live in this mysterious magical space. Um you know, even, like, a lot of the, like, the little, like, interesting things that I've been kind of finding, and I'm sure we'll kind of bring it up in this conversation or later conversations, is even, like, the ancient understanding of, like, the inner Earth and this component of, like, you know, you start looking into things like the cave systems. And, like, we've explored the caves as much as, like, we've explored the ocean. You know, like, suppose we, we supposedly have put somebody on, like, the moon and we we're, like, discovering the solar system. But we haven't even like, even like whispered into where the caves go, or at least we're not aware of it. So there is still so much mystery in this world. And I think it just opens up to creativity and it opens up to curiosity. And it's good to bring that wonder back into, because it kind of taps you back into that childlike perspective, which is a byproduct of like connecting to your inner child it's kind of funny as you do work on the inner child and the healing of the inner child and bringing that forward into the active life of the adult it's kind of fascinating because that curious child comes out again and it's just like Hey, what was that experience that you felt in your grandma's basement that one time when all the hair went back up on the back of your neck? Like, you still remember that, Daniel. Like, you can't deny that experience. You can't deny why you would get to like one part of her basement and you would just like take off for the steps. Um, and it was always kind of there. And, it's just like a, it's just a fascinating thing that I'm just excited to have this conversation with and just to kind of explore with you. But it is nice to know that it's not this sterile world that the public schools like brought up to us when they're like, Oh, don't worry about that. Just worry about like, you know, like getting in a fight with your neighbor about like what color their political flag is. Like, don't worry about the mystical, just get caught into the logical. And I think there's just so much wonderment that comes from that. Absolutely. I mean,
0: I, I Agree with what you're saying with a childlike, uh, you know, perspective that you are um, presented with, because you're absolutely right. You have to have that wonderment and sort of play with the idea of the box that you have sort of put yourself into with all that logical thinking can sort of block you from seeing what's outside its walls at all times, and I think that you know that's a byproduct of actually containing the fears and curiosity and anxiousness of the unknown. Because people, again, they subject themselves to a path that is easier and also um, more, more, more or less less based in fear because of its logic that is presented to you. But when that logic breaks out, you know, or that logic doesn't really make sense you have certain traumas that really occur with an individual who really deny themselves an opportunity to see a little bit beyond what's been told to them. And I I go back to this whole idea of the word instinct. Uh, instinct has always been something that I've uh, wrestled with when when I was much younger. And just bear with me here for a second for those who are listening. What I mean by this is that we gave this, this feeling that we all experience, you know, in our stomach in the back of our, um, neck between our neck and, you know, where the cerebellum is really like, just like somewhere near, you know, the back of our neck, the bottom of our head, like where our head space is, you kind of turn around quickly, you know, what was that? All of these things, you know, we gave that a word and then we, we call that, you know, either, uh, my instincts were saying, go right, not left or my, you know, the feeling I had. And so there's, there's really not a word. And I still, again, I struggle with this on planet earth. That is, if you really want to like go out there that we give these powerful magnetic forces or electric magnetic impulses, whatever we have that we all experience, we give them words. And I feel like it's not a fair thing to do because it is so, um, so much more than just something that can be like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what you were feeling. Um, and same thing with fear, obviously. Right. You know? And so I think when you kind of have these little small categories of ways to know how to feel that have been t- taught to you, you can dismiss things really quickly too, you know, or you can really take a take a uh, a dive into it when something unexplained happens, like a group of people experience the same thing you experienced instinctively speaking. So if you're all a group of humans in this place and time and everybody without having to speak later on finds out they were feeling something that was causing, you know, an unease, energy within them, then everyone kind of decides to have this moment of, oh, like that was spooky. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, you know, and then you have like a little campfire tale about it years down the road, like, and all of us knew that there was something out there, you know, whatever. But yeah. I do think that, you know, again, back to the whole idea um, of instinct, I do think that we have these words and these things that we define that help us sort of cope with things that don't necessarily makes sense to the rational mind that's been created, um, from external beings that have kind of, you know, told us this is the path. You know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: That's it. That's all no, I was going to say.
1: No. And I love that, man. And I, and I think it, it's a lot with what you're speaking about kind of goes down to that conversation that we ended when we were looking at the Zodiac with Pisces, hmm. how Pisces represents the things that can't be collapsed into words. It's one step above it. It's like the universe is one step above logic. And it's with these experiences that we all personally dance with that yin energy that can't be organized. It can't be put into a nice package of this certain kind of term. And of course, there's like a language to do it, but the language is always going to be limited of what that experience is. And, you know, it's a fascinating thing to even look at as... You know, as we are almost like, even when our soul gets set into the body, there's like this seven year period where the child is still between this realm and the next and the veil's thinner. And so like the child that like truly sees something under its bed or something in its closet as like an adult, we're looking at through the adult lens, but our lens has calcified over time. Like we don't see beyond the veil as much. And this is not only something that happens in the independent life, but this is kind of known to happen in the idea of like astro theology, like the beginning of the historical period is really when the separation between like giants and angels, like man used to walk with those. Men and women used to walk with angels, walk with giants, see demons. And then as the veil and as we kind of transformed into the human era, which is what we call history, they they went to the other dimension. And you can actually see this in the story of the Lord of the Rings. It's actually like what happens at the end of the Lord of the Rings when the elves are like, oh, we're moving on. That's actually a marker of like historically, like what prehistory really said. And so it's kind of part of the evolution of consciousness to get more calcified and not see beyond that veil. But up to that seven years, a child usually does have those sensitivities still intact. And if something happens traumatic, like a near death experience with a child or um, some kind of trauma that they go through, a lot of times that doesn't. The, the calcination doesn't get fixed into them. And this is why people with like psychic abilities a lot of times have like near-death experiences as child, children, or something traumatic that like doesn't, it doesn't like connect them and like fix them into form as much and they stay in between. Um, and so it's a really fascinating, again, this is why it's so fascinating to know your history. So your life is not a mystery because a lot of your spiritual sensitivities could have been because they didn't get, fortified into like this more materialistic calcination that happens but like as a child like like i remember like you know bad dreams or bad dreams and i woke up and i could like still feel that energy and it was like this unique kind of sensitivity and of course you know to operate in this motion reality we do have this period of separating but as we kind of start to learn about the occult learn about archetypes learn about energy i mean you start studying about angels well angels are just a hierarchy and on the lowest end of that hierarchy you've got demons you know you can't really have one without the other and so it's a really fascinating thing as as an adult you start to approach this information it's almost like it wakes that sensitivity up and all of a sudden you're a little bit more cautious about even like you know, where you stay in like, like a hotel and stuff like this. And like, you always kind of feeling that energy because you, you just become more sensitive. It's like, you're, you always have that capacity, but just like every other spiritual capacity, it could become dormant in you. And there's things that can activate it, especially like a spiritual awareness of like starting to see the meaning that precedes the motion. Well, you're going to see a lot of things that come from that yet, not just our you know, our spiritual impulses. Um, And, you know, we, we talk about it too, as it's not like all spirits are like a bad thing. It's like, there's elemental spirits that can be very guiding. There could be, you know, guiding connections that people have with like, you know, like the idea of like Enochian magic, where you actually like work with like communicating with angels and things like that. Well, it can also be something that it could be something like, um, You know like when we kind of even look at like medieval understanding of demonology addictions and things like this and like self-defeating behaviors and things like that that was considered like a form of possession at the time so even when we like look at things in this kind of fantasy way it, it helps us understand how the psyche operates um and just kind of what energies we do dance with
0: absolutely I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, what awakens a lot of that as you were speaking about it, you know, you, you got me thinking about how, you know, various, if not all disciplines that we pursue will awaken those in some form or some kind of – um Uh, experience within those disciplines will lead you to that as you get older. Like even if you just take an artistic approach of many years in your early twenties, and then maybe you find yourself somewhere in your mid thirties to early forties talking about feng shui, meaning just the energy of the room and how you want light to come here and put this portrait up here and open the door here. So the windows here, you're kind of retapping back into an idea of what this really represents, which will also, by nature, reawaken those experiences you might've had as a child. And so I think there's a lot of that, whether it's like, a again, a hiking. I know that a lot of um, individuals I've talked to that are agnostic or atheists in the mountaineering world will completely change their mind after they've had these sort of elevated experience. And I don't mean just literally, but because they are moving in a certain pace with a certain, um, I guess, closeness to what couldn't be guaranteed right away with either a successful summit or the dangers that are ahead, you also are breathing, you know, you're, you're breathing a different pace, a different rhythm, you know, you kind of find yourself being in, in a, in a deeper state, whether it might be like a yogi who can tap into that with breathing exercises. But anyways, they would talk about how they were in a state of flow in a state of, you know, like I said, breathing and in, in this synchronicity with earth. And then from that point on of the rest of their life or maybe even in, in shor- shortly after the event of this sort of experience in the outdoors or, or arduous push, they have reawakened that and they start talking about things about, oh, when I was a kid, you know, I used to have this imaginary friend and they're, they're more susceptible to seeing something or coming to terms with things that are not necessarily logical because they've danced with that realm a little bit in that discipline. If that makes sense. So the word discipline is what I started this whole rant on of how a discipline can sort of reawaken those experiences that people might, you know, take on. And and, and it doesn't have to be experiences that are bad necessarily, but just sort of understanding that there may be something else beyond what our five sense reality can see and also what we've been told. And I find that very beautiful. You know what I mean? Like not everyone's religious. Not everyone's going to talk to you about the occult or Greek mythology for a while. People who have entered certain, um, you know, like I said, uh, extracurricular activities, if you will, or just the activities that they put themselves to get out of the monotonous world that they live in, could be just gardening, will tell you, hey, like, this is what got me back in tune with not just myself, but also something that I can't really deny, but also explain, you know, which then again opens all the doors.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're really kind of dealing with the elemental energies, when you put your hands in the ground and you're gardening, like it's a different kind of connection, walking through breathing, actual like true air rather than like this synthetic sterile air. That's just like pumping through the vents. Um, It's a really fascinating thing. And I think it could be a lot of people's connection with nature in that way opens up that field. And, and the universe really just cares about results. Like if it's nature that gets you connected to yourself, then, perfect. If it's an occult book that gets you connected to yourself, perfect. Like it doesn't really matter as right, long exactly. as you get the results of like, you know, self introspection and understanding that there is more than what we perceive with the five sense reality. And right. that's even like, you know, that's even accepted by the most, you know, base modern scientists to this day, right. that there's you know like, you know, we don't see these kind of waves. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of Unique kind of energy when we deal with elementals um and again elementals you can have like a positive experience and like a negative experience and it's it's a unique kind of thing that we that we look into um, but you brought up an interesting thing about the trail and being on like a trail in nature and one of the things that we really find connections with this un- like these unseen energies is in places of transition um Places where we're going in transition from one thing to the other, temporal places. That's an interesting thing as a hotbed for not only elemental energy to kind of Mm -hmm. perceive, but this is also like hauntings. Like this is why like there's old hotels often have like – sites of like oh that place is haunted or like old restaurants there's always like this haunting it's a place to transition and that's exactly what the spirit is going through so it's like a fascinating thing of even even when like your house like even when you're um you're in those spaces it's like a hotbed for that energy to be contained because it could be spiritual energy that is trying to transition to the other side there is there was an interesting thing that was i looked into as even people started saying that like there's been accounts of people having like hauntings in their house when they remodel it because it's not fixed it's not in a form it's in a stage of transition and they're like adjusting it and because of that it like opens up this energy and then right when the house gets completed it's like that energetic um sensitivity or that energetic reaction that they were experiencing goes away Super interesting, I thought, of like transition, not thinking about like, oh, train stations. Dude, you're like, – yeah. No, does this make the, sense to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, I,
0: I, you again, what you're saying that really resonates with me is something I was going to bring up in this episode about abandonment. Because abandonment, you know, obviously you're abandoning something for something else. And that's that transition period you're speaking about. But like something in regards to that's very close to us in the Route 66 are all these hotels from here to Palm Springs and beyond that were created during this rush of Route 66 becoming the road that everyone was taking out west. And these hotels had this promise, you know, whether it's in New Mexico or it was Texas Um, you know, and, and all across really the the West, there was these like small startup towns that were like, okay, this is where the tourists come through. This is where we make our, you know, our money. This is where we thrive. And this is how we continue. So you're, you're building the container with the dream, with the elevated energy, but it only might've lasted one generation. So when abandonment happened, you create this void. And when people go through these towns, they can feel that transitional period you're talking about that's like not settled because people are like no no like Mm -hmm. you you basically took a lot of energy hyped up the area and then realize oh they've now made you know international highways that can get us to where we need to go we don't need to go through these old paths anymore and you Mm -hmm. transition that and leave that slit there and so that's something that i find fascinating also if you know for the common you know american man or woman who is um Cruising the USA or person, you know, who's cruising the USA on a motorcycle and they stop and they're like, they didn't have necessarily the need or want to get out of their comfort zone to say, I want to get spiritual on this trip, you know, 100%. They're just like, hey, I'm going on a trip with a good friend of mine, but they come back with a sort of this open idea again of like what maybe haunted spaces could feel like or what a void could look like, you know, when they went on that trip, because they realized like, oh, we interacted with a lot of sad or like old American dream towns, if you will. But the fact that they're, they're not like sort of hyped about it as much as they're sort of perplexed. And I think that that's really cool when you hear people who are like, I wasn't intending to get mystical or talk about apparitions and hauntings, but damn, when I went through this one town, this is what I felt. And you're like, interesting. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I'm always, that's like the first question I ever ask, like long haul truck drivers and stuff. If I ever come across them in social situations, I'm always like, Hey, do you got any like crazy stories in there? Yeah. Always, whether it's them or somebody else on the road, um, really fascinating. And, you know, one of the things that like I was to kind of collect information about this because I definitely know that I've had experiences. Um, I've never like seen like an image of anything, but I've definitely had sensitivities of things, Um, especially as a child. And I tried to ignore it. Um, But it's something I definitely know that I can't deny in myself. And so when I was like trying to like get more into a perspective, because like my grandmother, my mother's mother always had sightings of ghosts. And she was always so calm about them. Like she used to clean houses in upstate New York. And I remember my, my uncle was swinging on the swing set and he would tell my nanny that there's a man in the attic with an eye patch that keeps watching him. And every time she would go up there, the bed would be unmade and my badass nanny would just go up there and see that the bed was unmade and be like oh and she would just like remake the bed like she didn't even care like she was like comfortable with it and, <laughs> I, and I think there's a part of that like i don't think they really want to scare like i think it's like of if if it's something that you have experienced i don't think it should be something that you're feared because like it's kind of like bigfoot it's not going to show you unless it wants you to see it it's like interdimensional and it kind of makes itself into that and I really think that there might've been a sensitivity, but my consciousness wasn't ready at that time to see it. It would have like caused trauma to me. So it wouldn't show itself, but I could feel those those sensitivities. But one of the things that I found was really fascinating was when I was kind of like doing some research, because I was like, how do we research this episode? Because we wanted to go so many different ways. And I ended up going on like, I'm like, who's going to approach this from the most logical, linear non-supernatural way. And I'm like, Reddit, Reddit people. So I went on to like ask Reddits and it was just like, tell me your most paranormal story. And it was so funny because everybody who would write in it would be like, I don't believe in the paranormal. I don't believe in the occult, but this was my experience. And they would just write pages and pages of these like amazing things and one thing i love about reddit is like those individuals are always really good with the written word and they like write stuff in like a lot of detail and they try to like approach everything from this linear logical way but they're almost trying to disprove it the whole time and they always would get to the end and be like i don't know what i experienced here but it was just like citing after citing after citing um even like there was a whole thread which was really interesting on park rangers of interesting experiences that they have and again a lot of them are like Hey, I'm not super, I don't believe in the supernatural, but, and then they go on this whole conversation of the most supernatural thing you would ever imagine. And you're like, Are you sure? Are you sure? You don't want to just like, at least tap into that curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it breaks your foundation. It's, it, it structure it like fractures your reality. Um, uh, well, like, welcome to earth that's what this is all about fracturing your reality you know what i mean like once you think you know it it's just like the universe is like oh all right well check this out you know and it kind of presents stuff to it and so i think it's a very special thing if it's something anybody's ever experienced um and i think it's really something that does kind of like spark the curiosity and it and i think it approaches things in a in a very deep way um you know and so yeah
0: no i was gonna say agreed agreed no no that's that's fascinating i'm really glad you did that didn't mean to interrupt just because it's nice to hear the experiences people are willing to share and i know they have to preface it with such things like you know i don't believe in x y and z but and that's where that's my favorite part right there. It's just you know there's an exception to it you know there's a story that changed my mind but when you put them all in one um thread, you know, you're like, there's a lot of people here who are all starting with the same sort of skepticism yet leading to something so unexplained. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's what I've, I've always been fascinated with it. And I, uh, and I was telling you when we were talking about this episode, you know, in the military, there's a lot of stories that are, you know, that go untold that, you know, eventually individuals feel the need to sort of come together, whether it's on a forum or whether it's on like a YouTube channel of expressing these experiences that not only one person had, but multiple people had together in one night, but then they realize they're not only not allowed to speak about it, but even speaking of it could get you in a lot of trouble. And so what do you do with that information? What do you do with what you felt? Um, I remember, and this is funny. So like talk about logical and talk about, you know, the, the thing I was ex- expressing earlier about instinct. But here in Arizona, not far from um, the New Mexico, uh, northern New Mexico border to Colorado, I've had a, a couple experiences on climbing trips that I had people with. And it wasn't so much the experience that happened. And the experience, to be specific, would be a UFO. But... It's not so much like the, so the UFO, right? An an unidentified flying object for those who all know what that means, but I'm saying like what it means is to me, okay, I don't know what that is, but it's there and I'm not afraid of it because I see it, you know, so it could be like a new plane that's being tested or it could be something going on with uh, SpaceX, et cetera. But that's not what freaked me out. What freaked me out was the next day when I went to go climb, there was different parties of people all out. And just like an experienced trauma that we all might have had, so say all three parties were in separate vehicles and got in an accident at the same time. And then when we get out and we look at each other and we have this moment of collective like awareness of, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Same kind of vibe and energy was being presented without me even opening my mouth by different parties of people that weren't there with me that night, but we're nearby in near areas. And they literally would come up to us goes, hey, did you guys camp last night? And we're like, yes, we did. Did you camp last night? They're like, yeah. And then there's this moment where it's like, I don't know who the heck you are, but I'm about to just show you all my cards. Mm. It's that part. Show show you all my cards, meaning like, I'm going to take a chance here and just go out on a limb and say, this is what I was feeling last night. And it was so eerie last night. And words like the, the we've created that sort of express these feelings came out of each individual's mouth. And then like, and two, three hours later, I'm in the canyon, meet another group. And this group was much larger. And they were just, I mean, there was about nine of them. And some of them uh, looked like retired individuals, retired, you know, later in their years. And some of them were younger. It's like it's just a big group of, of different climbers. But all of them were sort of uncomfortable just bringing up the subject to my wife and I, because they were like, hey, so uh, yeah, you know, because oh, I was, by the way, it was a Thursday when we were doing this. So most likely there was a chance you camped the night before or you're camping because it was a weekday. Um, so I think that's what opened up the first thing for most people. They're like, hey, if you're here, does that mean you were here last night? And then we would look at them quietly be like, no way, this is about to happen again. And we're like, yeah, we were here last night. Why? And they're like, what was up with last night? Did you feel anything last night? Or did you guys like go straight to bed? And you would think, I mean, in a normal rational mind, you being the person, in this case, in the story me, would say, you know, well, like, I didn't even tell them I was camping last night and I didn't even tell them that I experienced anything last night, but they want to kind of have some validation that like, there's no way of understanding what it was, but did you feel that? And I'm like, I did though. So I could have held back right away and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to keep climbing, have a nice day. But immediately I was like, oh my God, I felt like I needed to sort of connect with these people so quickly. So anyways, those are the things that kind of fascinate me in the terms of being um, spooked or being uh, reassured that there's something out there. And again, I was using that word in the beginning with instinct, but something, whatever you call it, that elevates your energy, that sort of shifts what you think is your norm It leaves a a very lasting impression on you and it certainly leaves a lasting impression with you when it's fresh and that's what it was with these people i'd never seen before uh but then again i can chalk it up that all three parties are crazy including myself and you know just kind of silly people that you know are all like hey we're in the forest out here are you feeling something you know uh I, i accept that too but regardless it's just cool to have that collective experience you know
1: Sure, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you you brought that up about um, when we were kind of like briefing and and having a phone call um, about the the military um, and their experiences. And like, again, like, that's not your only experience in nature. You've told me a couple other ones in the past, like just in passing, like, hey, this was an interesting thing. And it was really fascinating because looking into it, there's, you know, again, there is – so many occult researchers that are so much more well-versed on this aspect of this subject um, when it comes to like hauntings and things like this like definitely it's like baby's first day out for daniel right now so i don't want to like misspeak on anything same um but you know and that with every subject it is baby's first day out you know like we (laughs) were just honored to have these conversations but for sure one of the really fascinating things that came up was that like ghost sightings are are a little bit limited in this modern day because they were saying about the like technological radiation of cell yes. phones and the That's EMF awesome. radiation. So it would make sense why maybe you have heightened experiences in nature where you're away from that fabric of like that communication energy, um, mm. and it would also make sense because there's a lot of fascinating stories that come out of soldiers from Afghanistan. Um, there's a deep story about like even a whole like, I, I don't know if they were, they were seals or rangers, either way, guys that could like kick my ass by looking at me, right? Like these are grown, mm-hmm. really fierce men. And they had like a sighting with a giant and they, it's like, you know, they're anonymous and they they said that they'll get blacklisted if they come out. But it's just fascinating. Like they have these these things and like ancient understandings and you know even stuff that we found when we were you we were saying like building out the West, there was like skeletons that they were fi- like finding that did not fit the human record. Um, and so when they sent them to the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian it was just like ah we lost them. Like bullshit, Smithsonian. Let us know what's in the basement. But either way, <laughs> but either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's for sure. I know exactly. It's what you're interesting. Talking about. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. Like when we think about like cell phones and just all of the wireless technology that we have, it might be impeding on the ability of these energies to like communicate with us in the ways that we do. And that's might be why we don't experience that as much. But, um, you know, we speak about it with the military, and I know that there's a whole place for pilots to anonymously talk about things that they see in the sky that they can't explain, but they're not allowed to like even radio it in. Like they're not supposed to, they know to like keep silent about it because they can actually get like, and again, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is just like something like, again, like trust, like do your own research, but it's almost like I've like, they were saying that they can get like blacklisted um, for like talking about some of the stuff that they see. And they say, they see unique things all the time in the sky. Um, and again, that could be interterrestrial, that could be interdimensional, you know, there's that, that's a whole subject too, where like, we have all of these, you know, like the government is admitting that there's like aliens now, but there's a whole class of esoteric students who are like, those ain't interterrestrial beings, those are interdimensional beings that you're dealing with. And that brings up a whole new understanding um, of like, what is actually an operation here? And um, just kind of a fascinating thing, because You know, in the past, like even with like Enochian magic, um, you know, John D was asking like when he was like supposedly communicating um, through John like Kelly, who was was, like Edward Kelly, who was the one who was scrying for him, but they were asking angels questions. And at one point, he's like, what brings demons to earth? And they're like spilling blood, like spilling blood brings in really dark energy. Um, And, you know, we're we're number one at spilling blood right now in the modern world, unfortunately, as sick and sad as it is. Um, and so it's really interesting, like these interesting sites that we see. And again, I don't, I don't know. Cause there's like, there's interference theory of the idea that we're, you know, all like Babylonian crew, like that idea that maybe we were like spliced with anil- animal, ge- like uh, alien genes. And that's what right. made humans. There's the idea that like civilizations came from the inner earth everything right there's so many mysteries in this world but either way it's a fascinating thing to look into and um you know if you want to go ghost hunting turn off your cell phone you know it's like one of the reasons why they say it's so hard to like get it on visual because like when these like ghost hunters go into these like really truly like supposedly haunted places they bring all their camera equipment they bring all that electromagnetic generator so nothing can actually like take form and that's why it's like so hard to even like catch like a sasquash or something um, because it's just like they're sensitive to that energy uh, so it's so fascinating because even in this world where like everything's on camera you know like it's like kind of like you know, everywhere you go, you're on CCTV. It's like, you think you would see more of these. Um, But then again, you go down the internet for like 20 minutes and you find some crazy videos and you're like, oh, (laughs) hot dang, you know, what is this? Um, Yeah, this Uh, has definitely been the most, um, for episodes of research, this has definitely been the most like, just click and see what comes up. Like, it's just like following one link to the other, following one book passage to the other, where a lot of times it's structured for us this was like spring break. No parents for me. I was just like looking at aliens. And then I'm like looking at Sasquatch and then I'm like, can I communicate with Sasquatch? Would Sasquatch oh, like me? Yeah, You know, all those big questions we ask ourselves.
0: Yes. Yes. And these, these are my favorite, you know, um, kind of conversations, you know, uh, I know that I typically may or may not rant and making this content sort of, um, relatable can kind of, you know, initiate that. But this is a different kind of, you know, conversation you can keep me on for hours just because in a foundational way or at the foundation of what we study and what we subject ourselves to in terms of what we want to learn about and how we want to connect these pieces from the above as the below, there's no way you cannot open up about this as well in a way that feels so good because, again, it's, it's sort of having to explain to a friend of yours who's been gardening for a long time, like, hey, I finally started taking care of my plants and they made it through winter, I think I really have a connection with my plants. And and, and that friend of yours I go, Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that now. Like, do you speak to them? How, like, you know, is it a ritual thing you do in the morning when the sun rises and how you water them? What kind of water, what kind of nutrients, what's the soil telling you? All of that sort of connection that's elemental that you were saying, you know, will still bind you to another person who feels the same sentiment. But that's what I like about spookiness is that, um, like I never even ever give credit to a lot of podcasts that I listen to. And, and, you know, it's just a conversation that I'm always having with only you. But in this case, highly recommend um, Spooked. Um, Spooked is something I've really enjoyed over the years because it's done by, I believe, Snap Judgment. Um, and yeah, go looking for it yourself. But the stories that are brought up are similar to what you're saying in regards to not how or what the occurrence was, but how it happened in like regards to um, you know not having any kind of electronic interference, the loneliness, the experience. But these people's Counts or recounts of their story are all very similar. Nobody knows each other. And a lot of people have to go out and say, I I know there's one that I really like out there to give an example about a, uh, kind of what you said about park ranger. I think he's a border patrol agent who talks about, you know, being in the middle of nowhere, having to patrol these areas between Mexico and the border where um, San Diego and Arizona kind of are. And he talks about the things he's seen and experienced, but he says it with a very, like, I'm a very logical you know, hard headed man from a small town who took on law enforcement when he was young. And I've only experienced what I've seen. And here I am to tell you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the rest, but anyways, give that a listen, just because it has a lot of the things you're talking about right now, um, that I really enjoy. But yes, with the military, with even like the Sasquatch experiences, um, you know, you were talking about the mountains, but there's there's a lot of that out there uh, a couple of YouTube channels. There's one that I like called Scary Interesting that is just basically has recounts of these stories of people in the mountains or even in caves, as you were talking about, and the things that they felt or the things they experienced that can't really be explained. But And it's by a whole group of people. You know, it's not just one person. I was alone in the wilderness and I'm coming back out to tell you I made it, but I made it with this story. It's a a lot of, you know, counts of the energy that was felt is as if though I crossed the line between this world and the other. Yeah, I was still in the same forest or the same location, geographically speaking, but certain things like a compass or a phone don't work or the hearing seems to be impaired at some point or it feels like I was underwater, you know, trying to listen to myself and others walk around. So it's kind of this very interesting um, thing that sort of encompasses er- every individual sometimes when, when this happens, especially in these kind of stories that are of the unexplained, um, that everyone talks about, that's hard to put into words. So again, I can always go down a really long rabbit hole and talk to you about this because, you know, just like putting out a good vibe or, you know, using positive words to reinforce, you know, an energy field around you or, a uh, uh, a purpose you have in mind that you want to do with a goodwill, you know, there's all kinds of things that sort of can also harm us by using the opposite of, you know, good intentions. And I think that that's something that occult always will sort of show you, even when you're reading about something that's in neutral, you know, you could be like reading oh. about this, this, you know, understanding or this theory, but it has a duality to it the whole way through. And I think, uh, Yeah. Um, everything you're saying is just, yeah, pretty, pretty on point, man. I think, uh, like I said, I, I don't, like I said, Daniel on spring break, uh, cause it's true, man, you can go down these rabbit holes and like, that's why I mentioned those podcasts and those YouTube channels, but, but the evil thing, I, I the thing you just talked about bloodshed, that's something that really always kind of pulled me even deeper into mm-hmm. what these energies could be because mm-hmm. you already have this feeling internally of Killing being bad, so executing on it, or actually being in part of the act of it, should leave a very dark imprint on a world that doesn't necessarily need to suffer uh, at all times like that. And I think that that's where people sort of open that veil for themselves, unfortunately. And of course, in modern times with war, that's something that you know you're going to hear a lot of accounts of, a lot of stories of of people going from a normal state to then having to do something so drastic and then opening a door that they never even know existed and they have no one to talk to about it because how do you sure. present as a ex-military or whoever you are to a therapist that you feel like you're being haunted, you know, they're going to say, elaborate on that. What does that really mean to you? And then, you know, you have some sort of diagnostic or diagnosis of psychosis, you know, and Mm -hmm. so forth. So again, no expert on this. This is just like what fascinates Eduardo about, you know, energies that are sort of misplaced or misunderstood or to not be tampered with or to be played with, you know what I mean? Um,
1: Yeah. Oh, and I love how you brought up the paradox, the divine paradox of like, you know, there's a big difference in magic between invocation and evocation. Um, One is something that is like much more spiritually safe to do when the other is like, you kind of let this energy take over you, which is not something that is ever really um, motivated. And even the difference between dark magic and white magic Dark magic is easier and it comes faster because it requires Mm. a sacrifice um, where white magic doesn't require a sacrifice. And so that's like when even Yoda is explaining to Luke and Luke is like, is the dark side, you know, stronger? And he's like, stronger? No. Easier to like tap into and, you know, more seductive. Absolutely. You know, and this is why when you have like kids who like get into stuff and this is why like, unfortunately, Um, you know, cats disappear like black cats disappear around Halloween because it's like for rituals that people do these like sacrificial things. Well, if you're truly on the path, you don't need to sacrifice anything. You sacrifice your lower ego. That's what dies in it. It's a lot harder to do white magic than dark magic. Um, but that's why this is the practitioner. That's why we approach this world as an alchemist. And we know it's a marathon. It's not this sprint just to get what you want in the materialistic world, because it's like you you know this is like the demon will and the devil will always come back and take its dues of those sacrifices that they do and there's a lot of unique kind of energy kind of being presented um even in this reality and we've spoke about it before with like even like large rituals like you know award performances by music um you know halftime super bowl shows very fascinating the energy that's getting generated there and we always want to You know, cleanse ourselves and protect ourselves against anything like that. Make sure that we're putting the codes into this reality that we want to respond, which is based in love, truth, and wisdom. And we don't play with that—that interesting um, short-term goal shortcut because a shortcut is a shortcut, and you'll bleed out and you'll lose your life force energy. Um, And you know, you're always going to have to pay the piper, and that's unfortunately something that I think is needs to be kind of known when we approach this but yeah super fascinating the world beyond the veil um and it does it gets thinner at this time and it's it's a unique time to celebrate those guiding forces that are guiding humanity the ascended masters the high elementals the angelic like hierarchy of angels cherubim like all of those things um and connecting to it i think is is such a powerful thing to to tap into
0: oh dude that's awesome man i i (laughs) I love exactly what you're saying and I know exactly what you're, where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I think that there's so many questions that I have in terms of, you know, the opposite of, of everything we talk about here, but it's also something I don't want to dabble in so much. Like I have respect for it. You know, I remember when I was a kid, if I thought there was a dark energy around, I also said like, look, I don't, I don't mean you disrespect. Like, who am I speaking to? I have no idea. Um, And do they even understand the concept of respect? But I would do it with my heart to be like, I'm not questioning you, nor do I need to see you flex. (laughs) And so then I would just kind of like avoid a room, you know what I mean? Sure, Um, sure. And I think that that avoidance, you know, necessarily, it is not necessarily just based in fear, but it's also based in like, I'm tuning into something I should be cautious about. And and from the rest of my life until the day that this body – is um no longer here physically speaking like i want to do only good and not not for the selfish reason of to get anything in return but also just to like leave things better than the way they were and Mm -hmm. for that for that i think the trade-off is you know some level of protection maybe i have no idea i'm not expecting anything at all nor do i claim that there is anything out there that can you know, be reciprocated, but it's how I like to keep that thing that I was speaking about over and over this episode with instinct or of like, Hey, do, do I feel different in this moment of this space. Okay. It's how I like to keep it elevated or keep it to an uh-huh. energy level that, you know, helps me stay tapped in. Now, of course, many times you tap out with this world of electronics that we were talking about. And that was something that I really thought was interesting. then we should do a total, ep- a whole episode on that, about what that really means for our world in terms of, trying to tap into a higher level of consciousness. You said the only sacrifice that we should have is our lower, lower ego, but it's funny how our lower ego has also found like the negative to connect with the positive or, you know, some kind of attraction to um, this electric magnetic field that's before us right now of, uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of like electronics and meaning our phones and the way we like move things around including currency, all of it kind of has this to, not necessarily only being our lower ego, but our lower ego has to be sort of the thumbs that are playing the game on the phone, you know? And so it's an interesting thing that we're kind of like being pulled into more and more and it's pulling us away from being able to see what's what's beyond that veil, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and again, you know, lower ego is a great tool, terrible master. And that's what right. we do with that sacrifice. And And yeah, like technology is, again, it's, it's a part of this age of Aquarius, you know, it's what we do with it. It's what we choose to do with it. And, you know, it's technology that has, I mean, that was our esoteric school, like the mystery school, not only was like the books, but like a lot of the books that I've read were from like reading on forums of like, Hey, this is the book you should read next. And it was like, guided through. It's such a, a beautiful network to kind of get connected to. Um, And yeah, you know, The nice thing is when you talked about protection, you, you have to let that energy in. You are, you are cut from the cloth of the creator. And so like, just like a vampire, you have to let it into your house. People let that magic in, but it is important to look at like, you know, what is the logo of the thing that you're drinking or the thing that you're wearing on your clothing and stuff like this, you know, like it's, it's just not, it's always something that we kind of want to look at as like, what is the sigils that I'm incorporating? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like you kind of look at like, um, like the company, like even like liquid death, you know, that's literally when they were doing the water experiences, that was the organism, like what their logo is, that was the, the image when they would scream and create fear into water. And so that water is on the can. And then it's just like you're cracking the can and you're putting it in where it's just like, oh, like I should, you know, I want to kind of pray into my water. So it's not saying, I mean, it's up to you on whatever you guys do. It's your free will decisions. But it is interesting to look at symbols, symbols rule this world, not words, not laws, it's symbols and understanding. And again, like how much power you have to generate loving symbols into your life and bringing Mm -hmm. that in. So. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, and we all chose to incarnate in this beautiful apocalypse we find ourselves in. You know, coming live from the apocalypse, but like we chose to incarnate at this time, yeah. and it's we chose to incarnate to hold the light of truth, wisdom, and in love. And you know, it's it's just like an honor to be doing this with you and each and every one of the individuals in this community. And um, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's just so amazing the amount of power that we have. Um, and the awareness is good, um, because it's, it helps us kind of navigate those, this interesting five sense reality jungle that we find ourselves into.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. It is an honor a hundred percent to do this with you. And thank you again to all the listeners who, you know, have been with us. You know, there's been so many things that have happened, and, and I, I promise on the website, there's been a few things that we haven't been able to post about. And I think those who know, most of the fans have like reached out to us wondering where we are, what's our next agenda, and all that other stuff. But I think everybody knows like Daniel and I are both good. Uh, we just had to take a step back just for a, a few mom- months, I should say, or a few episodes, only to, you know, readjust certain spaces, uh, especially with the podcast organization, you know, we had silly people trying to impersonate us and get donations from, from you. And Daniel and I have said this before, we would never just come out of our way to come at you and say, Hey, give us something, you know, like we do this because we love these conversations and we love to connect with you on a deeper level and also on a level of love. And so we apologize if you were harassed by anyways, but most of you reached out to us and have kind of, you know, put an end to those, um silly, silly people out there trying to mess with our organization. This responsibility we have to you is more important to us than anything, you know, to make sure that we're all in a good place. So, um,
1: okay.
0: thanks again for today, man. I, I definitely want to talk more on it. So, um, Anything else you want to add? I'm sorry, you're about to say something. Go.
1: No, no, no. I loved it, man, and thank you for kind of giving an update. And um, again, thank you so much for everybody for the support in the space in between, and you know, just the amount of care of people, like you know, really like asking, making sure everything was okay, and everything was really good. Um, I think you and I have just really went through uh, both of us an independent alchem- alchemical furnace. And coming out the other side is so exciting because we, we have this deeper awareness of what it is that this information that we want to kind of share and connect with. And so it's, it's, it's a breathing out so we can, it's it's a breathing in, so we can make a breathing out and we really are working to get back onto that normal weekly schedule. And we're just, um, it really was like life changing for the amount of support and the, um, perseverance that you all showed by staying with us and and not even like pushing for an episode it's just like hey we can't wait for you guys to come back but like when you do you will and you will be all back together and it it really does mean the world to us so um from eduardo and i it truly is just an honor to be on this journey with each and every one of you
0: i 100 percent agree my friend um well until next time
1: until next time